Next on BYU Sports Nation, Tanner time in San Diego. The backup is back into his starting role. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum? We'll break down this Wyoming football team with color analyst Kevin McKinney. Just how badly do the Cowboys want to beat the Cougars? Plus, big deal, no deal. BYU has beat Wyoming seven straight times in football. Go ahead and make it eight. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. Live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, December 16th, this is how we do it. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with music, Christmas music rather, expert, Jason Shepard. That's right. Uh, if uh, if you've noticed that somebody, because you're heading down to San Diego today, mm-hmm. if you just happen to hear somebody uh, maybe singing Christmas carols outside of your hotel room, it may or may not be me. <laughs> it's the dang carolers again. No, it's just Jason. Don't worry about it. By the way, I had this question in my mind as I was driving into work today. What is the greatest Christmas album? Like, if you want to get in the Christmas spirit... What do you listen to? What is the greatest Christmas music album? See, there are a lot of those. And, and I hate to be the guy that goes more recent because it's, it's happened recently. Okay. But I think I'm going Josh Groban. Okay, Josh Groban. I believe the album is called Noel. And, and, and I will tell you, my favorite version of any Christmas song is his version of Oh Holy Night. That's tough to beat. Like, like that, that is the end-all, be-all for me. Who was the dude that played Phantom of the Opera on Broadway in, 80, in like the late 80s? Oh, uh... Michael... Yeah. Oh, man. It's... Yeah, I know you're talking about... Yeah, I can't... His version is also unbelievable. You know who also has a good version of that song? Celine Dion. Oh, yeah. That's tough. This is tough. Like, this... I was thinking about this for, like, 20 minutes. Like, if I had to pick one Christmas music album... To get in the Christmas spirit, and I could only listen to one, what would it be? Like, you're granted an hour of listening to Christmas music, and that's it. Who, who are you going yeah, with? Yeah, I'm going, I'm, going uh, I'm going Josh Groban. Going Josh Groban. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with that. See, for me, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go Carpenter's Christmas. Oh! Karen Carpenter can... She, she's unbelievable! So good! Okay, I have to, I, I have to admit something. Since you opened the door to go back to that era and that style, <laughs> you know who had a really good Christmas album? Anne Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Anne oh Murray goodness. had a really good Christmas wow. album. Wow. Canada's own Anne Murray. I, I have just been informed. Michael Crawford. So I, I was okay. on the right track. Yeah, Michael yeah. Crawford is Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Yeah. His, his Oh Holy Night is so good. So do you want Ann Murray or Josh Groban? Let's get back to the real conversation. <laughs> All right, I, I was, I'm going to go with Josh Groban. Yeah. But man, Ann Murray's Christmas album was pretty dang good. <laughs> <laughs> the Carpenters, man. The car- man, when she says, Merry Christmas, darling, I'm like, oh, it's Christmas time. Everything is wonderful. Worst Christmas song? Oh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, a lot of <laughs> a those. lot of people think that's the greatest. 
Yes. At least neither one of us said Super wham. Super important, relevant, I know. <laughs> wham. Wham. Christmas. Oh, man. Everyone, there are so many people that are like, wham. Look it up. YouTube at W-A-M. Wham. Or, or trust H-A-M. W-H-A-M. W-H-A-M. Yes. Yes. Here the are, H is silent. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Much less important than what has just been discussed. <laughs> As is so often the case. The BYU football team will travel to San Diego today in preparation for the Poinsettia Bowl. Five days away from the next Cougar football game against Wyoming. BYU Sports Nation will broadcast live tomorrow a two-hour Saturday special from the BYU Fan Fest in San Diego, 5.30 to 7.30 Eastern. Watch it on BYU TV and check out BYU Radio for interviews with coaches and players from the Fan Fest tomorrow. How about this? Sports Illustrated has named Jamal Williams as the number one NFL draft prospect that fans can't miss in the Poinsettia Bowl. There you go. There are some good players Absolutely. in this game, notably Brian Hill, who has run for over 1,700 yards as a running back for Wyoming. And the, the Cowboys have a defense uh, uh, defender that was second-team All-American. Well, and Brian Hill, I mean, he hasn't made his decision yet. On, he's a junior, so he hasn't made his decision yet on whether or not he's going to go. But you've got to think, if you're going to have a season like this, you may want to capitalize on that. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good stuff. Jamal has made a name for himself after taking a year off. Men's basketball for BYU on the road at the United Center in Balmy, Chicago. <laughs> Against Illinois, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on the Big Ten Network. Dave Rose telling the media yesterday he expects Illinois to be the quintessential Big Ten team. Very physical and athletic. Two things, their size and their skill level. I mean, you, you, you assume that they'll be athletic. You're playing a, you know, a Power Five conference team. And, and so, uh, but, but, you know, they, they played three or four, six, ten, six, eleven guys. Once again, you can listen to the game on BYU Radio or watch it live on the Big Ten Network, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We were talking about the NFL uh, just a couple minutes ago. Uh, Cougars in the NFL this weekend that you can check out. Ziggy Ansah and the Detroit Lions will play the New York football Giants. Dennis Pitta and the Ravens play the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Sorensen and the future Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, I may have ad-libbed that, play the Tennessee Titans <laughs> and Kyle Van Hoy and the New England Patriots face the Denver Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> the second place Oakland Raiders are playing in San Diego this weekend, right, Jason? They are. They are. I'm glad you brought that up. That's, I hadn't even crossed my mind. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Tanner time. BYU sophomore quarterback Tanner Mangum will make his first start for BYU in just over a year when the Cougars take on Wyoming in the 12th annual Poinsettia Bowl. For a lot of BYU fans, this is kind of like the long-awaited release of Rogue One, the latest Star Wars movie, happened last night. What happened in December last year, Jason? Episode 7 of Star Wars came out, right? It all comes back to Star Wars. And when it finished, Jerem Jordan said the following to me, I can't believe we have to wait a year for the next one. Well, that's what BYU fans have had to do with Tanner Mangum. We watched him in Las Vegas, and then... He took a backseat to Taysom Hill. But here comes Tanner Mangum once again. Rogue 2, right? Because he's the backup quarterback. And a lot of BYU fans are excited about what he can and what they expect him to do in the game against Wyoming, which brings us to our Twitter question. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl? Mm. 
Expectations. They're always mm. a tricky thing, aren't they? Manage expectations. It's the key to happiness, BYU fans. We've talked about it so many times at Nickley51 with the first tweet. Hopefully, we will not need a trademark manga miracle. Just take care of the ball and squeeze the life out of Wyoming. Yeah, please don't come down to a scenario where BYU needs a Hail Mary or a game-winning field goal. But that has been this season, right? Yeah. So don't be surprised if it does come to that. What does ESPN's Trevor Maddish expect from Tanner Mangum on Wednesday in the Poinsettia Bowl? I don't think this is the game for Tanner Mangum to showcase his future. I think this is the game to take care of business. And the way, way to take care of business here with a quarterback that hadn't played much all year uh, is to make sure the play calling features the strength of the team from a standpoint of where are they least likely to make the big mistake. I had a fan on Twitter ask me, well, wait a second, isn't taking care of business in a way showcasing Tanner Mangum's future? And what I think Trevor Maddich was saying right there is, this is not the game for Tanner Mangum to be the central figure and the star of the game. Okay, so yes, he will display some of the things that he's going to do next year, but Tanner Mangum doesn't have to be the MVP or the star of this game. And I think that's exactly what Trevor was saying he needs to take a backseat to the real star of the game, right? Jamal Williams, we just talked about him. Yeah, that, see, that's the way I look at it. I don't think that BYU goes in and says, we don't want Tanner Mangum to be the, the focus. I think they go in and say, we don't need yes. Tanner Mangum to be the focus. He doesn't have to throw for 350 yards. Well, look, let's just look at the numbers that he put up. As we mentioned, he hasn't started a game since last year's bowl game. Uh, in Las Vegas. So in 12 starts last year as a freshman, he averaged 272 yards passing. Okay. Now that that doesn't okay. take into account, or excuse me, that takes into account a 55-yard passing day at Michigan, which is going to skew that a little yeah, low. hurt the average. So just for fun, without the Michigan game, he was averaging 292 yards passing per game. Different offense. Different, it, it, but that was without a go-to running back. That was without mm-hmm. like the workhorse. And, and so I don't know if you should expect a 400-yard passing game because it's just not needed. He's certainly capable of it, but it's not necessary. This game offensively will come down to Jamal Williams and BYU's rushing attack. There's this idea that Tanner's going to come out and sling the ball all over the field. We're talking about expectations, right? He doesn't need to. In fact, that would contradict what BYU as a team has done all year. Balance. Ty Detmer has preached it and continues to preach it, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 250 passing yards versus UCLA is the highest this season against an FBS opponent. Yeah, Taysom Hill went crazy against Southern Utah. Lower division opponent, 320. Hey, BYU, the way that they are structured this year in the pro-style offense... They don't throw for a ton of yards. It's almost dead even between pass yards per game and rush yards per game. It's really close. Well, and the interesting part about that game specifically is Jamal Williams ran for 45 yards in that game. He was hurt. Or excuse me, that was his receiving yards. Yeah, that was, he rushed for 28. He was hurt. 14 carries for 28 yards. It's not that difficult to figure out how BYU can beat Wyoming. How do they do it? Simple question, right? The answer, simple as well. Use your best weapon, Jamal Williams. ESPN's Trevor Trevor Mattis with more on that. 
So when you game plan for this game, the first thing you want to do is win the game. And I, I think the strength of BYU's rushing attack against that Wyoming defense is where they really need to stay focused. BYU has a stud running back that will probably get drafted. I don't care if it's later rounds. It's incredible that he took a full year off, came back, has been injured in three and a half games this year, and has still put up the numbers that he has and set the all-time career record and the single-game rushing record. Yes, Jamal Williams is worthy of the attention, and they need to feed him the rock. Wyoming's rush defense, like yards per, per carry, is abysmal. Why would you not test that? Yeah. Make them stop Jamal Williams. Well, and that's why they're, I'm not saying that there won't be opportunities to throw the football because there absolutely will be. But when you look at it, if Jamal has the performance that we expect him to have because of his talent, but also because of how Wyoming has struggled against the run, they're going to start bringing, they're going to start stacking the box. There will be opportunities to throw. So, the, so Tanner will have chances, but I, I agree 100% with what you just said. You make Wyoming prove they can stop Jamal. And if they can't, Jamal's going to have a very big day on the ground. Make them stop Jamal. And that entirely plays into our Twitter question today. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl? Let's go back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At MN Coog Pilot says... Rouge first quarter... Or no, I think that's supposed to be Rogue. It's spelled Rouge, but I'm going to say Rogue. Rogue first quarter awakens the force for a new hope in the return of number 12 as the Y strikes back the phantom clone Sith pokes. <laughs> well played on the Star Wars MN Coop Pilot. I was so jealous I didn't get to take part in yesterday's Star Wars show. That was fun. That was so much fun to watch. Jerem Jordan said that's the greatest show we've ever done. <laughs> like, I, he's dead serious. That he, was so he, much fun he, to watch. That was the best day ever for Jerem Jordan, <laughs> combining Star Wars and BYU He's seeing Sports. that movie this morning, right? Yes. I believe he's, he's probably in it right now and going to watch BYU Sports Nation <laughs> on demand later. Uh, at Andy Splats, he better play good enough to launch his 2017 Heisman campaign. Okay. Well, hey, hey, at least we're I, keeping expectations in check. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to answer. I've talked a lot about like what BYU needs to do and rely heavily on Jamal and not to expect a ton from Tanner. I expect Tanner Mangum to be efficient. Sure. Hey, I expect him to throw for around 200 yards and complete 60% of his passes and have a touchdown pass, maybe two, be good on play action. But to just be, and I, people hate this term, a game manager – I am fine with Tanner managing the game because this is his first start in over a year. That's what I expect. Can you tell I'm a little fired up about it? You feel very passionate about this. Manage expectations. You'll be happy. Up next, Wyoming color analyst Kevin McKinney talks about how big a win would be for Wyoming. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures as always on BYU TV. Our conversation rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you reply. Oh, do we have great news for you. Not only is tomorrow the weekend, it's also, how about an extra day of BYU Sports Nation? Spencer, this guy right here, Jerem Jordan, will be live from the Fan Fest in San Diego from 5.30 until 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. By the way, Tom Homel will join the show, among others, 
Do not miss it. What do you expect from BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum taking over for Taysom Hill, making his first start of the 2016 season and doing so in the Poinsettia Bowl? That is our Twitter question today. Again, use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us now for more on what Wyoming plans to do to defend Tanner Mangum is the Cowboys color analyst Kevin McKinney on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Kevin, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you very much, Spencer. Happy to be on with you guys. Take us to the to the day, the moment when Wyoming fans and people in Laramie found out that we're traveling to San Diego in December. Yeah, that's not a bad deal, is it? We, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think everybody um, had had a, a hope, at least, that if the Cowboys weren't able to win the uh, conference championship game with San Diego State that they would uh, go to San Diego. That was kind of though, not not uh, locked in, in uh, stone by any means, but thought that that would be um, where they might land and that it would be BYU. And people are very excited about that. I, I think Wyoming fans um, miss playing BYU in Utah. That was a, um, a great series from both schools for so many years that they do miss that. So I think everybody was very excited that um, get a chance to renew a, a great rivalry. As you just mentioned, I mean, there have been a lot of really good battles over the years between these two teams. How much of a rival is BYU for Wyoming? Well, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good one. If you look at the scores lately, it's not. But um, it has been, I think, uh, I think Wyoming people really enjoy the the series and uh, against both of those schools but especially BYU and especially the people on the western side of Wyoming that to them is the border war and of course down in our neck of the woods down in the southeast part and and probably for a, a lot of the state Colorado state is the, is the uh, the old rival it is the oldest rival but BYU and Utah have been great rivals for years and years and and it means a lot, especially to those people who border Utah uh, at the western end of the state. Wyoming 8-5 and five with some notable wins, including an upset over then-ranked Boise State, beat San Diego State as well. Going into this game, uh, I mean, you can make an argument that this has been the best regular season for Wyoming in two decades. How would you define Wyoming's season in 2016? Well, magical. Uh, it has to be uh, a description like that because the Cowboys won two games last year. Yeah. Uh, started the season with a brand-new quarterback who had uh, started one game and played two series in that game before he hurt his shoulder. So uh, you're, you're going, well, I, uh, hopefully the team will show an upward trajectory uh, through the year and maybe win four or five games. Uh, but I... Nobody could have predicted uh, how how good Allen was. He, he just had a sensational year, and um, you know I, I think probably more than just anybody else uh, raised the level of play of of the rest of his teammates uh, just by the way uh, he came through in one tough situation after another. Of course, the Cowboys came into the year with Brian Hill, outstanding running back, and it's all time leading running back. So you had that. But they had Brian last year and only won two games. So uh, the, the difference was uh, Josh. Uh, I, I just feel like he raised the, the level of play of everybody. The defense actually played better than expected. It was uh, uh, really bad a year ago. And, and so that, they came through there. Uh, some young guys 
uh, played better than everybody expected on de- on defense, and and it all just came together. And, and uh, uh, really, got going against uh, in the opening game, won a triple overtime game, and that magic just seemed to carry on through a good part of the year. The Cowboys had a couple of uh, rough spots, no doubt, but uh, in the main, it was uh, one piece of magic after another. Well, with a magical regular season already in the books, how much weight do you believe a win in the bowl game will hold for the overall success of the season? Well, it, it does. I mean, it, there's no doubt when you, when you win the bowl game, that's a, a great way to end your year and kind of uh, a, a nice uh, topping on, on, a, on a great season. Uh, Cowboys very, very disappointed they didn't win that championship game. That was... Uh, the main goal. Okay, that didn't happen. So now you have one more game. You have one uh, event left that, that you can utilize as a capper, and and uh, and it's against an old rival. So it, it still means a great deal. And and uh, to win that game would make this season. Uh, you're right. I mean, one of the better ones in in 20 years. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Kevin McKinney, color analyst for Wyoming football. How much does this game matter to the entire state of Wyoming and the the Cowboys program moving forward? Well, I think that uh, it means a lot. If, if you can win a bowl game when you've been in the shape that the Cowboys have been in over the last few years, uh, it's a huge thing. And, and then... To have it against an old rival, that makes it even better. Uh, but to win a bowl game is a great way to end your year. It's great for the younger players in the program. It's obviously great for the seniors, great way for them to, to go out. So uh, the state of Wyoming is very excited about this team, uh, of course. When Wyoming does well, it's uh, it's a statewide uh, deal because there's just one school. But uh, I, I think that the, the, the fan base has really uh, identified with this team and, and gotten really excited about it. And, and to uh, win your last game in a bowl game it would, uh, would just top it off. One of the biggest aspects to this bowl game that has me most excited is just the fact that it features two of the nation's best running backs. And for those mm-hmm. who haven't seen Wyoming running back Brian Hill – how would you explain his skill set? Well, Brian is, is one of those guys that uh, has uh, really all the gifts that you need. He's, he's a big, powerful running back. Uh, he has a, a huge heart, uh, really wants to, to be successful, and uh, has outstanding speed. He, he uh, can bounce it outside, and when he does, uh, he's, he's really hard to catch. So he, he has the ability to run through that eight gap and, and, and cause some trouble, but uh, he can get to the outside and, and, uh, and go long on you uh, uh, as easily. So he's very, very physical, uh, very driven guy, and uh, has, has just been a sensational player for Wyoming. Is it the NFL next for Brian Hill after a season like this? He's just a junior. He's just a junior, and of course, everybody's talking about that. That's a big topic of conversation in Wyoming because obviously it happens all the time. And uh, he has said he'll wait till after the bowl game to sit down with uh, he and his mother and the head coach uh, Craig Bowl, and, and they'll discuss it. So uh, nothing has been determined as yet. Uh, certainly publicly, he may have in his own mind, but 
he has said on a number of, ca- uh, of occasions that he'll wait till after uh, the final game and then he'll uh, talk with the head coach. So we'll all be awaiting that for sure. <laughs> Understandably, the Wyoming offense has received a lot of respect because of the big numbers that have been put up through the air and on the ground with the likes of Brian Hill. But you mentioned something interesting earlier in this interview, that the Wyoming defense has been much better than they were compared to last year. And I know you look at the win-loss column and you see eight wins this year and two last year, and you think, well, yeah, that, that makes sense. But this Wyoming defense has taken some lashings as well. So just how much better are they compared to last year defensively? Well, they've been able to make more big plays and, and uh, been able to get off the field a little uh, quicker than they did last year. Uh, uh, to this point right now, they're missing uh, two of uh, their, their leading players, uh, defensive end Granderson and linebacker D.J. May. Uh, they were two huge playmakers for the Cowboys. Granderson went down a little earlier in the year with, with a knee surgery. Uh, the Cowboys lost D.J. May two games ago, uh, and he was arguably their their uh, best big play linebacker. So they're they're missing a couple of parts that uh, made them uh, much more effective. But they've been able to uh, to get some stops when last year uh, there weren't many stops at all. They they just got steamrolled, and and, uh, <laughs> and you're right. They they have had some really tough games. The New Mexico game is the one that pops out immediately. Uh, UNLV game was another. They've uh, seemed to have risen to the occasion against the bigger opponents, uh, however, and so that's that's a positive, but they had uh, a couple of stinkers against Vegas and, and New Mexico. Wyoming color analyst Kevin McKinney with us on BYU Sports Nation, and we would be remiss to not ask about the head coach. Yeah, we always hear coaches when they come into a program talking about changing the culture. What has Coach Bowl done to do that with Wyoming? Well, you know, number one, he, he's uh, a, a great fit, which we all overuse that term, but he's got a real Wyoming mentality. You know, he's, he's hard-nosed, old-school, traditional. Wyoming's got two uniforms. That's all, all they wear. They wear a home and a road, and they're always the same. No different helmets or, or any of that stuff. Uh, so he's much, uh, very much a traditionalist. Uh, he, he really likes um, uh, football uh, to be played the way it used to be played, uh, and that would be hard-nosed and, and, and really physical. So he brought that to the team. But uh, I, I think that he, he just – made them believe that they could win games. And uh, not very many guys can do that. Um, but he said, if you guys stay with me, we'll win some games. And uh, certainly last year was very difficult in that regard. But I, I think that uh, when the Cowboys came against Northern Illinois and, and won it in the fashion they wanted, that was kind of a first step uh, towards believing. But when they beat Colorado State, the arch rival, down at Fort Collins after being nothing, I think that really cemented the, uh, him as as the, a guy they could trust and believe in, and uh, it's just gotten better. And uh, it's kind of been his mo wherever he's been. He uh, he wants to do it the right way. Wyoming doesn't have a, a lot of JC guys. There wasn't immediate help. Uh, it was uh, you know, recruiting those uh, high school guys and, and uh, letting them learn uh, and uh, under fire, really. And so they, they, 
all believe in him. Uh, the state believes in him, and and it was a very big thing for for him to uh, renew that contract with the the size of buyout it has. Uh, I, I think that kind of uh, really endeared him to everybody. As we all know, Wyoming has had uh, years where guys came and went, and uh, as far as the head coaching position was concerned, and, and so. Now that Craig has, has uh, signed this contract and, and agreed to a contract that had a very large buyout, um, I, I think people around Wyoming really believe he's going to be here for a while, and that's a good thing. BYU listed as a seven and a half point favorite going into this Poinsettia Bowl game. How do you see the Cowboys and Cougars playing out when the actual game begins? Well, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it because I think there are a lot of similar characteristics with the two teams, the way they like to go about their business. And Craig has said that, like to run the football and be physical with that. That's what the Cowboys like to do. I think BYU is a larger team, which is usually the case when the Cowboys played BYU in the past. But I, I think that uh, the coaching staff is very impressed with their linebacking core, with uh, the way they, uh, the depth they have in their defensive front, and how physical they play. I, I think that's what um, is probably going to be the interesting uh, hook on this game is is who can be more physical, uh, because uh, and, and not turn the ball over, but who can be more physical? Because uh, I think both teams will um, be uh, uh, very physical, and, and that'll be make for a great matchup. Kevin, great to talk to you. We wish you safe travels to San Diego, and we'll talk to you soon. Same to you guys. Appreciate being on. Thanks to Kevin McKinney for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl? Jason, read the next tweet. I like this one. This is from at man called Big Cam. Just infinity touchdowns, nothing too unrealistic. The key to happiness <laughs> is managing expectations, people. Infinity, infinity touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, BYU has lost three bowl games in a row. Big deal, no deal. And can there be an offset win for BYU basketball? Welcome back on a Friday, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. I'm sure you're already doing this, but just in case, make sure you're following BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Facebook, because while we're live in San Diego for the bowl game, we'll be doing a ton of social media, including a very special Facebook Live from SeaWorld, which I'm going to go ahead, it hasn't even happened yet, I'm calling it a lead. Ooh, wow. Yeah. If you're going to go Facebook Live from SeaWorld, that's an elite like it Facebook has to, live. That has to be an elite Facebook Live moment. I like that you will actually use that word, Jason. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since I've sat next to somebody that... <laughs> the truly appreciated. It appreciates elite. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Football, headed to San Diego and SeaWorld eventually. In preparation for the Poinsettia Bowl, five days away from a showdown with the Cowboys, BYU Sports Nation... We'll have a live two-hour Saturday special from the BYU Fan Fest in San Diego. Watch it live, 5.30 to 7.30 Eastern Time on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. Interviews with coaches and players. Fan Fest spectacular. One of those uh, players that you may hear from is Jamal Williams in Sports Illustrated has tabbed Jay Swag Daddy as the number one NFL draft prospect that fans can't miss in the Poinsettia Bowl. And you might think, well, 
How many NFL draft prospects are in the poinsettia bowl? More than you would anticipate. Like four or five legit NFL draft prospects. Men's basketball on the road tomorrow at the United Center in Chicago. Michael Jordan's old stomping grounds. They take on Illinois in a de facto road game, even though it's called neutral. Dave Rose telling the media yesterday he expects Illinois to be a typical Big Ten team, physical and athletic. Two things, their size and their skill level. I mean, you, you assume that they'll be athletic. You're playing a, you know, a Power Five conference team, and and so, uh, but but you know, they they play three or four, six ten, six eleven guys. Eric Mika will have his hands full. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Watch it on the Big Ten Network. Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Ziggy Ansah and the Detroit Lions play the New York Giants. Dennis Pitta and the Baltimore Ravens will face the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs play the Tennessee Titans, while Kyle Van Oy and the New England Patriots will play the Denver Broncos. BYU basketball enjoying... Balmy 17-degree conditions in Chicago right about now. The Cougars take on Illinois, thankfully inside, at the home of the Chicago Bulls. The United Center tomorrow, third game in an NBA arena in the non-conference slate for BYU. Now, is that a big deal or no deal? We'll discuss that a little bit later. Jason, this game is sneaky important, and by that I mean this is a game that BYU, I feel like, needs to win for their confidence and for their postseason resume. It's one of those scenarios where a win won't necessarily give BYU a ton of national recognition, but a loss would really sting. So it's a win doesn't do as much as you would hope, but a loss kind of feels like, oh, yeah, that, that would be a big black mark and a huge missed opportunity for BYU. Well, and I think something that you mentioned, you know, momentum. And this is a team that's coming off a win over Colorado. And, and and this is an opportunity for you to build off of that. And and like you said, there, you don't have many more of these resume builder games non-conference wise before you jump into conference play. This so is you, it. This is it. You you have to take advantage of this. It, you know, and and I hate to say it, but you know, it it, it kind of reminds me of like in football when you when you go for too early and then you're constantly chasing those points well now you're you're kind of you're you're chasing that UVU loss you you're trying to build as yeah. much positive momentum to offset the loss to UVU and this is an opportunity to do that BYU will not have another opportunity for a quality win and I'm defining quality according to the standards that are set up by the selection committee until they face St. Zaga, okay? St. Mary's and Gonzaga, they will play four games at least against those two, depending on what happens in the conference tournament. There might be another one or two thrown in there, but this is it. It's Illinois, and then BYU will be expected to win every game until they take on St. Mary's or Gonzaga. Illinois, 68 in the Ken Palm team rankings, which ranks all 350 Division I teams. The Illini are 61st in the ESPN Daily RPI. So, yes, quality opponents, a little bit lower than BYU, but the Cougars need to win to pad that status, that resume, just a little bit more. How much better would it sound for BYU after they lost to Utah Valley that they came back and have wins against Princeton, Colorado, and Illinois? It's kind of like, well, that was a weird game against Utah Valley. We'll it, write that off as yeah, an and aberration. And it happened so early that, that hopefully, like I say, you can kind of offset that with some of these wins. Here's something else that I, I think it's a, it's a really big game for, and we heard in that soundbite from Coach Rose talking about uh, the athleticism but the size of Illinois. I think this is a really great opportunity to showcase Eric Mika. 
Yeah, the Big Ten Conference will take notice, right? Absolutely. Well, he's starting to get some of the national pub, as he should, as one of the best bigs in college basketball. And I I think this is a great opportunity in in one of these these tournaments. It's another game at an NBA arena. I believe what the third one we said? The third one in this year. So I I think this is a great opportunity to showcase what Eric Mika can do. I haven't looked at the numbers in the last week, but... As of, I think, eight or nine days ago, Eric Mika was one of three guys in the entire country averaging more than 21 points and more than eight rebounds a game. Three. There are three guys averaging 21 and eight, if you will, and Eric Mika is one of them. So, yes, well-deserved national attention. Every game is an opportunity to prepare for conference play. This one against Illinois carries some added weight for BYU's postseason resume. I know it's early, and I know coaches say it's just about the next one. Well, the next one is Illinois. This is a great opportunity. Let's head back to football now. And our Twitter question, what do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl? Oh, yeah, the Cougars are going to play a football game three days after BYU basketball takes on Illinois. This is a huge week for BYU athletics overall. Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At BruteDR tweets in a long day. For the Wyoming secondary. Now, that sounds like he's anticipating BYU is going to chuck the ball a lot. I think it's going to be a long day for the Wyoming defensive front. It should be. They haven't proven on a consistent basis that they can stop the run. And what has BYU been very good at this year? Running the football on offense. And vice versa, BYU's defense has been really good at stopping the run. Hopefully that's enough to take Brian Hill out of the equation to a well, certain degree. And Wyoming can throw it, though. That's the thing. That's what makes me think this could be a shootout. Up next, another All-American honor for BYU soccer and big deal, no deal. BYU's bowl record over the last three seasons. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton hanging out with Jason Shepard live in Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYUSN Live, Catch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. BYU Sports Nation will be live in San Diego. It actually begins tomorrow. We've got a special Saturday broadcast, a two-hour edition from the BYU Fan Fest in San Diego, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then obviously uh, the guys will be live Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday leading up to the Poinsettia Bowl. And Spencer, we were talking about elite, and I know how much you like elite things. Yes. How about this? Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. Just when we were connecting, Jason. (laughs) Oh, come on. Really? Really? You you had to take that wonderful (laughs) moment we had with the elite agreements and do a countdown to Portland State. But here's my my thinking. I'm on board with your elite. I need you to be on board with the countdown. The football season hasn't even ended, Jason. Why can't we still be excited about what's coming up? Because the bowl game hasn't happened. (laughs) I'm all about getting hyped up for things in the future and whatnot. This, let's enjoy now. Let's enjoy the fact that BYU and Wyoming haven't played. (laughs) Can we do countdown to the Cowboys? Five days away. Where's the, this is the way I feel when the countdown is like, (laughs) I mean, it just gets me pumped up, you know? (laughs) <laughs> Portland State. Oh yeah, two fifty three. Oh, Jason, <laughs> why? Why did you have to tarnish something that was so? Or good? did I make it so much better? <laughs> 
maybe we should put out the poll, right? <laughs> maybe we should find out. Are you in favor of the countdown to the to the Vikings? <laughs> right Portland now, two hundred and fifty three days away. I'm I'm gathering that it'll be ninety percent no. There is a small gathering of people that <laughs> that do enjoy that. That's for them. It's there has I, been a reckoning. I do that for them. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Will you join the rebellion? (laughs) (laughs) It's time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. Yeah, you're going rogue one on me, Jason. (laughs) Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the Western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big Deal, No Deal. Tanner Mangum starting his first game since the Vegas Bowl last season. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. Anytime you're going that long in between starts, it's a big deal. That doesn't mean that it's going to turn out negatively. But, yeah, it's a big deal to, to go almost an entire year in between your starts. It's BYU, and this headline features a quarterback. Of course, <laughs> it's a big deal because it's a BYU quarterback. BYU quarterback eats macaroni and cheese. Big deal because it's a BYU quarterback. Okay, this is, we have. Now I want macaroni and cheese. We have put the quarterback position on the pedestal because it's the most important position in football, the most visible. But at BYU, because of the history, it's elevated that much more. It's a big deal. I'm excited for Tanner. I really am. I am excited that he has this opportunity and to get back in a bowl game and do his thing. This is, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU football has won seven in a row over WYO. I'm going to surprise myself here, and I'm going to say no deal. Wow. And here's my, here's my <gasps> logic. Here's the logic behind it. Yes, they've won seven in a row, but they haven't played each other in forever. Mm. It's, it's not like you know they've won seven in a row and they're playing every year. It, it, it's been over six years since they've played each other. I just don't know if it has any bearing. And even at BYU, it's not like there are a ton of players who were on the team that played Wyoming last time. Certainly there weren't anybody at Wyoming. So I, I just I don't think it. it's a great stat for BYU on the BYU side of things, but I just don't think it has any bearing in it. Let me get this straight. You can get excited about a countdown 253 days away from an FCS correct. opponent, you but you correct. can't get excited about winning seven no, in a row. I'm excited, Wyoming. but it's not, a, it's not a big deal in terms of the <laughs> game itself. It has no bearing in who wins. I say this is a big deal because you know why, Jason? It makes Wyoming fans hate BYU that much more. It, it makes the game compelling to me. They dislike BYU. They dislike BYU that much more because BYU's won seven in a row. I, I love the fact that they loathe BYU. As if they needed any more reason <laughs> yes. to, to not like BYU. We're Globo Jim. We're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm screaming that from the mic this week as well. Like, Wyoming fans hate uh, BYU because of this. They won seven in a row, and it's like, yeah, we're going to win eight. It's going to happen. The expectation's there. So fun. Number three. Are you saying that nobody makes Jamal bleed his own blood? Nobody. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. (laughs) (laughs) Big deal, no deal. BYU is 0-3 in the past three bowl games. Ooh. You start with this one. I'm going to say this is a big deal. BYU needs to turn this thing around. They, They won four or five in a row, right, at one point under Bronco Mendenhall, and then all of a sudden... Lost to Washington, double overtime loss to Memphis, and last year's almost comeback win against Utah that was equally as heartbreaking. 
BYU needs to win the bowl game. And I am confident that they can do that because Kalani Satake comes from the school of Kyle Whittingham. And guess what? The guys to the north just consistently win bowl games. I hope that that tradition comes south to Provo and Kalani Satake starts it off with a opening bowl game win in his first year. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. I mean, we talk about so much about momentum. And I understand that it's, you know, it's one game three years in a row, but look at what BYU is coming into the regular season. They've won seven of eight. Look at what Wyoming, they've lost three of four. BYU comes in with more momentum. And so I, I think the, that you, the fact that you haven't won a bowl game in several years, I, I'm like you. I mean, I, I think that that is a trend that needs to change. And I, you know that Coach Satake is wanting – it's not just to get to bowl games, which is great. That is, that is great. And BYU has won their fair share of bowl games. But it's, it's about getting there and winning, and that, that can start that new tradition this season. Nine and four sounds a whole lot better than eight and five. It really does. I know it's one game difference, but it makes a world of difference to BYU fans in particular. Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU hoops to play their third game this season in an NBA arena. I'll go first on this one, too. I think this is a big deal because it's another opportunity for BYU to play on a neutral floor in an environment that would be similar to an NCAA tournament game. A lot of those games take place on neutral site NBA floors. Why not get BYU comfortable playing in another big-time venue? They've done Staples Center, they've done Vivint Smart Home Arena, and now they're going to do the United Center. I like the opportunity for the Cougars. Yeah, I'm going to go big deal, and, and I actually think it was one of the days I was filling in for you. It was Jeremiah, and we had uh, Coach President Steve Cleveland. Mm. And he was talking about how when you play in these gyms, that these NBA arenas, because they're so big and cavernous, that it can mess up your, your depth perception a little bit. You may not shoot as well. So I think it's a big deal that they get an opportunity to, to maybe change that a little bit and, and, like you said, get ready for what they'll see in the tournament. Big Deal No Deal brought to you by Brady Industries Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. What do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the Poinsettia Bowl? A ton of your responses on the way to our Twitter question, plus the Cougar Whip Around gets you set for the weekend. BYU Sports Station, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Twip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The football team travels to San Diego today in preparation for the Poinsettia Bowl, which is now only five days away. BYU Sports Nation will be broadcasting live tomorrow with a two-hour special from the BYU Fan Fest in San Diego from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can tune into BYU TV and BYU Radio for interviews with coaches and players from the Fan Fest tomorrow. Sports Illustrated tabs Jamal Williams as the number one NFL prospect fans can't miss in the much-discussed Poinsettia Bowl. Men's basketball. The Cougars are on the road tomorrow at the United Center in Chicago versus Illinois. That game getting underway at 9.30 Eastern time. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio or watch it on the Big Ten Network. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansa and the Detroit Lions play the New York Giants. Dennis Pitta and the Baltimore Ravens take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Sorensen and Jason Shepard's Kansas City Chiefs. Play the Tennessee Titans, first place, right, Jason? Absolutely. Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots will take on the Denver Broncos. Soccer. Senior forward Michelle Vasconcelos named to the National Soccer Coaches Association of America Scholar All-America second team yesterday. Congratulations. 
Swimming and diving. BYU signed 11 recruits to the team yesterday, including top signee Madison Balish from Hawaii, who won a state championship in the 100-meter butterfly, 100 breast, and also qualified for junior nationals. Women's basketball. The Cougars continue some games against in-state foes. They'll play in Logan tomorrow against Utah State at 4 Eastern time. BYU looks to bounce back after a 17-point loss to Utah last week. You can hear the game on BYU Radio. A ton of future guests to look forward to from San Diego, including the head football coach Kalani Satake and athletic director Tom Homo, plus many of your favorite BYU football players. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jason, I want to give it to all BYU students, student-athletes, professors, and mostly the testing center employees <laughs> who survived finals and a reported four-hour line yesterday. Not only do you have to go take tests, but you have to stand in line for four hours in order to do it. Stand in line for four hours to take a four-hour test oh, in some cases. Oh, my gosh. Blech. Our Twitter question today, what do you expect from Tanner Mangum in the poinsettia bowl? At Crazy Coog Fanatic, just the usual run-of-the-mill stuff. A couple mm-hmm. of Hail Marys, no big deal. Okay, yeah, so infinity touchdowns and a couple of Hail Marys yeah, yeah. have been put on the table. Glad expectations are just, just perfect. <laughs> oh, my gosh. At Laser Sheep, more handoffs than passes. I do expect more 10- to 20-yard pass attempts and completions. I still miss Taysom. That's the one thing. You, you, want, it, you wanted him to have an opportunity, right? Not there. And so now Tanner says, I'm going to finish. I will, I will finish what you started. <laughs> At Dave Farns, I expect him to hand the ball to Jamal Williams so he can get 4,000 career rushing yards. Okay. Then that will open up the passing game. Love it. Our elite tweet of the day at CL underscore living. Cal poke many holes in the Wyoming defense. 35 nothing at the end wow. of the first quarter. Oh, wait, that's a Brian Logan <laughs> bold prediction. Below! Thanks to Kevin McKinney and everybody on the crew. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget to use the hashtag BYUSN. Download the Carpenter's Christmas album as well. And Ann Murray. <laughs> Ann Murray. Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brett Kiesel. He's from Wyoming. We'll see you in San Diego.